Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Let me start by saying I hope all is well with each and every one of you and that you are safe. I know these are difficult times for everyone. Just about all of us live in states where we are staying at home. If you listen to the news, and there is no escaping that, it is heart-wrenching, depressing, and terrifying. We all hope and pray that very soon, as a result of staying home and social distancing, we will flatten the curve and begin to have a reason to believe we are slowing the advance of this horrible virus. Until then, we must all do our parts. During times of crisis, we need diversions, something that can take our minds off of the terrible events surrounding us. Sports is usually one of those diversions, but even that has been taken away from us. The question for all sports fans, whether it be NBA, NHL, baseball, or NFL and college football, is when will we get back to normal? At this point in April, no one really knows. When it comes to college football, coming season is surrounded by uncertainty. Will it start late? Will it be canceled? Will it be moving to spring? Will there even be fans in the stadium? So many questions and so very few answers as of this moment. My guest today says all we can do is speculate right now. Joining me on this week's game day segment is beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live. Here on the Michigan Man, in partnership with our friends at SB Nation's Maze and Brew. So stay with us. Here with us on our game day segment this week is Michigan football beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live. It's wonderful to hear from you, Aaron. Mike, it's it's good to be back. Happy happy spring, and and uh, hopefully you're uh, you and all your uh, listeners are happy and healthy. Well, we hope and pray the same. Uh, as we all know, we're in the midst of this uh, battle with the coronavirus, and it just seems like there's bad news swirling around us uh, all day. If you pay attention to uh, the news. We need some diversions, even small ones, and to take our minds off of that. And usually, sports is a great diversion, but not having any sports now for weeks still seems very unreal, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's definitely definitely different. You know, typically right now we'd be going through. You know, Michigan would be practicing. They'd probably be about midway through. I'd, I'd say. Uh, you know, we we would have spoken to to Coach Harbaugh by at this point. Several players. You know, kind of gotten a feel of what this team could look like in the fall, and just right now there's nothing. You know, they haven't they haven't started spring practice. They didn't even get one under under off the ground. You know, the players are are, are not in Ann Arbor at this point. Many of them have gone home, and it's, it's we're all kind of waiting and waiting to see what what's next because I don't think anyone really really knows at this point. Well, as you and I mentioned before we started taping, uh, getting content uh, stories very difficult right now because coaching staff scattered, players scattered, nothing happening. And for football fans, I think they're beginning to wonder if the season will start on time the way things are going. And I think at this point, that is a very real question, isn't it, Aaron? It is. You know, it, and it's something that's starting to come up nationally. And I know some of the folks from, you know, whether it's coaches, athletic directors, and presidents, you know, they're I think they're openly wondering the same thing. And it sounds like they're, you know, getting to kind of develop some contingency plans for maybe a, a shortened season, uh, you know, maybe moving the season back 
I, you know, I've seen every, it seems like I've seen every, every, every possibility kind of thrown out there at this point. Uh, but it's all at this point kind of speculation. We don't, we don't really know. Um, you know, I, I do think if, if things can start to get back to normal come, you know, come June and July, I, I do think they can still pull off a 12 game season. Uh, but again, there's just so many, this is a really a fluid situation. It's been that way now for, I'd say a month. It's going to, I think, remain that way for at least another couple of months. Um, it's it's tough to say. It, you know, at this point, the Big Ten I think has uh, suspended all organized team activity through May fourth. I would suspect that's extended here. I think the SEC, I think just last week, extended through the end of May. So I wouldn't be surprised if that the Big Ten follows suit. Uh, and then they've got a decision to make. I'd say the beginning of May, May first, will probably determine whether or not uh, you know these schools can hold their summer camps. Uh, whether they can, you know, the players will be able to reconvene and work out. And if not, if that, none of that happens, then I think you're going to see some sort of, you know, some sort of change in the season, whether it's shortened, whether it's delayed. Um, but it, absolutely, it's a real possibility that this season may not even happen if this continues to drag on the, the way it has been. You're right. Well, last week I heard Ward Manuel um, on John Jansen's In the Trenches podcast, and he said he's optimistic, he has to stay optimistic, but he has all of the same questions we do. Will the season start on time? If it does, will we play in an empty stadium? Uh, will lots of fans just decide it's too soon to be in a crowd? There are so many issues involved in that decision, aren't there, Aaron? Yeah, and I think one of the, the biggest takeaways from, from that conversation from, from when I heard it was yeah, the idea of not playing in the stadium or not playing in front, in front of fans in the stadium. You know, Whether that's you know the NCAA or the Big Ten deciding not to to let people in the doors, or, or like you said, maybe fans decide they just don't want to go. They don't want to be a big crowd, and they don't want the chance of, you know, picking something up. And, and if that ends up happening, and again, that's a big gift at this point. There's a, there's a lot that goes into that. It's it's going to be a massive blow to Michigan's, um, you know, economic situation, the athletic department's budget. You know, I was crunching the numbers uh, last week, and you know, in 2019, Michigan's athletic department generated almost 200 million dollars in in revenue. Uh, almost 50 million of that came from football season ticket sales or football ticket sales last year. Uh, another 35 million came from the TV distribution rights and everything else. So if you if you don't sell tickets and don't let people in the door, I mean that right away wipes away almost 25 percent of their their annual budget. So it, it would have huge ramifications for Michigan's athletic department, staffing, uh, you know, and, and the like. I mean, keep in mind Michigan generates a lot of money, but they also spend a lot every year too on facilities and just paying. You know, paying their coaches and and, their, and all the staff members and everything. So, you know, this hard decision would have to be made. And, and you know, Ward was he mentioned that the budget issue, and that's something they're going to have to tackle this this summer because that's when you typically, you know, they come they come to a you know, they plan in for the next year, and then they come out with a projection. So yeah, it, it's a possibility. It's it would be a, it would be a different one, that's for sure. Whether it's feasible or not, I don't know. You know, I'm more of the opinion that if, if they you know come to that conclusion of not playing in front of the stand and not playing in front of fans, then should they really be playing at all? You know, that's the thing because these players do come in close contact with one another on a regular basis. They're sweating over one another. So if there's concern over the fans getting sick or catching something, I'd say there should be concern over the, the players too. Absolutely, and and I think one of the concerns is that football is the cash cow for the entire athletic department, and all of these non-revenue sports are watching very closely too because everything is impacted if there are no people in the stands and no revenue for football. 100%. You know, the football play, pays for a lot of these other sports so that, you know, gives them the, the ability and, you know, and the, the resources to, to, you know, have these bigger budgets. 
Um, a school, you know, a school like Michigan is fortunate because they're able, their self, the athletic department is self-sustaining. You know, they make more money than, you know, than they spend. Uh, so that, and that's not the case at most schools across the country. You know, smaller schools, you know, for example, in the MAC, you know, Eastern Michigan or, or Central Michigan, you know, they they rely on football. Obviously, generates a lot of their revenue, but they're subsidized by universities. So football, you know, say they don't play football this season. That those athletic departments are going to take massive hits. You know, they're not going to, in a way, they're not. They may not be able to fund themselves for the year. So it's football is a huge deal. You know, everyone knows that. It's it's a, it's the it's what generates all the money from TV and ticket sales and everything. Uh, and you know, so if, if football isn't played or it's modified this fall, it has a domino effect. You know, t- the TV contracts that, that with ESPN and ABC and the like. I mean, those those stations, those networks take hits as well. They have employees. You know, you're starting to see more people laid off, independent contractors, freelance journalists. It has a it has a real domino effect, and it would it would it would impact the, the industry greatly. Right, and I've had listeners tell me, well, you know, it would be it would be bad if there were no fans in the stands, but you have the TV revenue, and I point out to them, you know what, the advertising revenue is going to be disappearing mm-hmm. for the ESPNs, the Fox Sports. So that is also impacted by this. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I was reading this article the other day about NBC, just the, the network NBC, and they're 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 they said that they're you know they they have fewer com- commercials, they're running fewer commercials at this point. And this is just over all their programming, not, not just sports. Um, and it's because advertisers, they don't have the money to spend or they, they choose not to spend the money because they need to shore things up for the books. You know, cause some, some companies are laying people off. They can't afford to, you know, keep going in some regards. So yeah, it's, it's, it would have a massive effect on, on everything. Well, one of the things Ward and all athletic directors are concerned about is season ticket sales. Uh, Michigan has extended the deadline to mid-May and Ward said he's even open to, uh, moving it farther out. He even has a payment program in place, which, you know, leads me to believe, he didn't say it, but it leads me to believe many people are rethinking whether they want to come back this soon, Aaron. 100%, yeah, and that's another, you know, another example of, you know, deciding a, you know, do you want to sit, you know, bring yourself to the stadium, be next to the person, because keep in mind for those of those listening that haven't been to Michigan Stadium, I mean, it's cramped in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of the most uncomfortable, you know, uh, stadiums of, to watch a game, and it's huge, it's a great environment and everything else, but you're you're almost on, on the person next to you. So it's, you know, if they, you know, to, to fill that place again this fall, would, to me, would be impressive, but then you've got to convince your, you know, your your fan base to a pay for tickets in in which you know some of these families are hurting some people are being laid lay off some people are losing their jobs and and then to to risk you know going there and potentially catching something that may may still be out there this fall so it's it's a decision you know that the, the fan base is going to have to make um, it certainly doesn't help uh, that the schedule this year you know the home schedule isn't as I guess enticing as it is it you know as it has as it was last year I mean Michigan Michigan State Ohio State are both on the road this year. Um, you know, Washington, not their marquee non-conference game against Washington is on the road. Uh, so, I mean, with all those factors in play, uh, I guess it doesn't surprise me that, that you know, they're, they're struggling to sell season tickets. But the same token, too, the Michigan fan base has always been there. I, I think that if if things do clear up and, and things are fine, they will come back, absolutely. But yeah, that just goes to show, you know, the, the um, seriousness, seriousness of the situation and, and, and folks at home, they have to make a hard, serious decision about whether they – they want to renew and keep in mind to renew or sign up for season tickets. And it's not just paying for the tickets. They ask for a, a seat license. You got to mm-hmm. throw down another couple hundred dollars too. So it's, it's an expensive, you know, you know, expenditure. It's something people have to take seriously. And, and right now it's, you know, it's something you've really got to think about if you want to do it. You know, one of my listeners asked me last week, uh, who 
will make the decision about when and if there will be a season. Uh, will it be the NCAA, the conferences, the government, the CDC? And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think anyone really knows how that's going to work yet. No, and it's 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 an interesting question because you know I, I think you know from sounds of things the federal government at least the president wants these sports leagues to, to play or try to play. Um, so then I think it comes down to the governing bodies. So in this case, it would be the NCAA. Obviously, the, the individual conferences will have a decision to make, and they can kind of go their own way. But then it creates the you know kind of disparity question. You know, say the Big Ten decides not to play or maybe not begin the season, but then the say I don't know the Pac-12 or some other conference decides to start playing. Like, how do you you know how do you figure that out at the end of the year? Maybe you know some some conferences have played some conference teams have played all 12 games, others haven't. Then you know impacts the non-conference schedule. So from just from a scheduling and logistics standpoint, and then determining you know the bowl game situation, the college football playoff. It, to me, you 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 would think the NCAA would have to make an overall decision. Um, you know they have decided they did decide to cancel the men's basketball tournaments, but that was kind of only after the you know the individual conferences started canceling their indiv- you know their individual league tournaments. I don't know. It's been an interesting thing to follow who makes the decision first. Um, but I, I do think at some point the NCAA will have to step in and and make a call either way. You know whether mm-hmm. it's you know then publicly declaring that we're going to at least continue on for now. Um, but again, you know it, it's going to be interesting because you know obviously as, as we're seeing this this whole coronavirus situation play out some some you know regions of the country are more affected than others so some school while some schools might be fine and, and they might be able to practice and play games others may not and and it stretches stretches across the big 10 even you know michigan has been hit hard by the virus new jersey has been hit hard by the virus um, while other states you know iowa nebraska uh, haven't so it's it's going to be an interesting situation here in the next couple of months how how this is handled and and, and who makes the decision. Here with us on our game day segment this week is uh, Michigan football beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live. And, you know, Aaron, if you're an optimist, a lot of people are. Uh, you're thinking as bad as it is right now, it's got to be better by August for practice to get started. So let's say this is the decision. Uh, I've read speculation a lot of coaches would like a 10-day practice period even before camp starts, so that would probably mean July. Ryan Day was talking about that yesterday. He thinks it would be fair, sort of what the NFL does. And that was primarily because there were there was no spring practice. Do you think those are the kind of things the NCAA is going to take into consideration? Yeah, I do think they have to, they're going to have to make some type of call in that regard because some schools were able to start spring practice. I think Ohio State got one or two under their belt, and others just didn't, like like Michigan. They're, they're about to start right when the whole, you know, the, the epidemic kind of hit here in the United States. So it's, I, I do think that some of these schools are going to have to, you know, get an opportunity to get their feet wet, so to speak, because missing, you know, missing the entire spring is huge. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it was an opportunity for some of these younger guys to get work, um, the coaches to kind of evaluate, and they essentially lost all that. So, you know, we're going into the summer, typically where, you know, guys are able to work out on their own, uh, you know, guys who get together and practice. Uh, that, and that's not happening right now. So I, I do think there needs to be some sort of, I think, conditioning period for these these schools to kind of get going. You know, because you know, if and when this lets up, like you said, like it should have happened this summer. I mean, that's one, two, three months or some of these schools have been, um, you know, that they haven't they, these school, these players haven't done anything. So they're gonna, I think they do need to have some type of, you know, liftoff period. Ten days, you know, would be fine with me. But you're right. I think the NCAA, I think, is going to have to make a cross the board uh, decision on that one. Uh, just to kind of jumpstart thing. Well, another scenario that's being tossed about, and I tend to uh, give this one credence, is having an abbreviated season. 
meaning dropping the uh, the non-conference games, playing only a Big Ten or conference schedule. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, if, if that's a way to maybe start the season a little bit later um, than, than scheduled, I think that'd be fine. Uh, you know, it, it does give it does buy a couple of weeks for most of these Big Ten teams because, you know, Michigan, I think Michigan plays all three of their non-conference games at the beginning of the season. Now, there, there are some schools that will, I think, you know, they do start the Big Ten schedule, you know, second, third game in. So that would be, you know, that would be a little bit earlier, but I, I think it would buy more time. And I think that's part of the idea behind it. And, it, and you know, it's, it um, alleviates some of the travel because some, you know, some of these non-conference games, you're, you know, take Michigan, for example, you know, they're scheduled to, to open against Washington in Seattle. It's a cross country trip. We know Washington, the state of Washington would hit, you know, hit pretty hard by the, the coronavirus. So it's, you know, it's not a bad idea. It's it's something to, to try and get, you know, just to play a season that that's fine. Um, you know, what will happen? I, I don't know, but it would. I think it, it would it would be a good move. But, but I, it, and at the same token, you got to consider the economic ramifications from something like this. You know, a lot of these smaller schools, um, you know, the, the the group of five schools, the SCS schools, depend on these games for for budgetary reasons. They make a lot of money off these games. So if you were to cancel those games, you're gonna going to crush some of those smaller schools and their budgets and it's you know so it's you know there's a decision to make both sides but i, I wouldn't i would not be opposed to that move. well the most interesting idea i've heard uh, talked about in recent days and i think over the weekend Stuart mandel in the athletic wrote about mm-hmm. this is that if a decision has to be made by midsummer maybe it would be prudent to cancel the fall season mm-hmm. and move it to the spring of 2021 now that's crazy some people would say that's pretty radical it is an idea that's gaining traction yeah. by the way yeah it's certainly doable you know they, they can kind of schedule out ahead of time you know maybe uh you know a winter workout session you know work, work, winter practices you can kind of do indoors uh it would certainly you know change i think the way the game is played a little bit just because you're not getting so much a i mean they would have, by that point they would have gone you know gosh you know almost you know uh, more than a year of not playing a game so it'd be interesting in that regard I do think it would impact, you know, seasons going forward because then you're, you know, if you play a season in the spring, then and then you turn around, maybe take the summer off, and then they expect to start the season twenty. So that would be what the twenty twenty two season in the fall. That'd be, you know, two seasons kind of condensed into, you know, gosh, six months, ten months. Um, you know, so it would be. I think it would be. It would certainly be practical and doable. Um, but I'd be curious to hear, you know, maybe student athletes' thoughts and, and players' thoughts. Now, one one thing it would it would benefit is the, the seniors coming up, the guys with one year of eligibility remaining. They would be able to get their senior season in, you know, and, and go out, you know, having played on their game for another season, and you know, and then going in the NFL draft. But then that's something you're going to wait to the NFL season. I mean, the NFL draft, NFL, as far as we know, it, you know, plans are going ahead. They're having their draft here this month. I would presume the NFL draft would take place next April too. So that would, I think, you know, impact some of that, you know, impact, you know, the seniors' decisions, whether or not they're going to play. So it's, there's a lot of you know, ramifications on all these decisions. I'm not opposed, I guess I shouldn't say I'm opposed to any of them. I think that would be interesting. It would be unique. Um, it certainly wouldn't be something we've never seen before. I, I just don't know, you know, what that would mean for the following season, how that would impact mm-hmm. that. Well, there are a number of ADs that uh, are even talking about pay cuts for coaches, maybe no bonuses in the coming year, cutting program extras. I'm not sure what that means, but none of those things will be popular. They may be necessary if the revenue is way down. A lot of schools are going to be forced to make moves they really don't want to, aren't they, Aaron? Yeah, and you're starting to see it. You know, I think Matt Campbell at Iowa State said he was going to take a pay cut. I think some of his assistant coaches were going to make a, take a pay cut. I think the Wyoming coach said he was going to do the same. And, you know, like I said earlier, the, the, should football not be played this fall or 
or maybe it's condensed or whatnot. It's really going to impact some of those smaller schools in their athletic departments. They're going to come out of this, you know, in the red and not being able to pay pay for things. And you're going to result in, you're going to see maybe other uh, other sports cut. I, I think I saw Old Dominion had to cut the wrestling program last week because of fears of not being able to, you know, make their budget for this year. So that you're going to you're going to see. While football may not go anywhere for some of these schools, you're, it's going to have a trickle-down effect where some of these smaller programs, athletic programs, aren't going to be able to make it. They're not going to be able to pay for them. They're just going to cut. So it's, yeah, you know, I, I would not be surprised if other schools follow that model, especially some of the smaller ones. Um, you know, a school like Michigan, I, I you know, I, I don't think they necessarily need to take a pay cut, at least right now in the short term. If this continues to go on, you know, maybe it's a possibility. But yeah, I think at this point, from from an athletic department standpoint, uh, it would definitely be wise to, to a you know not pay out anything you necessarily need to. I'm curious to see if this if this trickles on longer, how this affects you know the coaching carousel next year, because you're starting you know some of these salaries, especially some of these football coaches, have, have ballooned. You know, not only the head coaches, but the assistant coaches. You're you're seeing assistant coaches make now almost two million dollars a year. So, I'm I'm curious to see if that bubble sort of has popped, or at least this will pop that, uh, and and what what the future means for you know for for coaching and salaries itself in the, in the collegiate game. Well, unfortunately, uh, speculating is really about all we can do right now. And <laughs> while we do that, the coaching staffs are, believe it or not busy with recruiting doing it in a very different way but still busy aren't they Aaron yeah so that you know they've, they've all been working from home uh you know and, and it sounds like a bulk bulk of their work is done obviously they're still communicating with, with players and recruits but it has to be either over the phone or electronically so they're they're not either you know doing FaceTime they're talking on the phone uh Zoom the the video conferencing model has, has become very popular here in the recent weeks Everyone's talking about Zoom or you know, they're, on, they're holding Zoom meetings. So it's kind of a virtual face-to-face with some of these guys. And right now, it's, that's the only way they can keep in co- contact with these guys. You know, the NCAA has played a recruiting ban out there. The, the Big Ten is a recruiting moratorium in place, I think, until the end or at the end of May or early June at this point. So coaches can't, uh, you know, they can't travel. They can't meet some of these recruits. They can't host these recruits on campus. So the only way to interact with them at this point is over the phone or, or via, you know, uh, electronically, computer. Uh, so that it's it's definitely changed the way recruiting is, is going on right now. Uh, they're they're giving some of these these recruits virtual tours of campus. They're obviously talking to them, communicating them electronically. So it's you know it's it's forced some of these these recruits to you know uh, you know commit without necessarily having visited campus, which I think is unique in itself because Michigan, it's especially Michigan, they rely so heavily on on, on in person recruiting uh, visits. You know they they personalize these things for the players. Michigan's campus is pretty incredible. Ann Arbor's a really cool city. Obviously, they have the stadium to their benefit, and they can't use all that right now. You know, because they can't hold the recruits can't come to campus. They can't go and visit them. So it's it's changed the way recruiting is happening. I think it's, it's a fascinating way. Um, you know, Michigan has landed uh, several recruits in the last week or so. I think they're up to seven for the 2021 recruiting class. But it certainly hasn't slowed things down. You're start, you're seeing more and more kids. Obviously, they're they're finalizing their top schools and they're making their decisions. So it's, but it, it certainly changed the, the parameters of, of how recruiting happens. Yeah. And recruiting is really the, uh, the only news that we've had to talk about in the last couple of weeks. And as you mentioned, Michigan has a, had a slew of commits right now. I think the class is rated in the top 15, but sixth in the big 10, the last time I saw, which worries a lot of our, my listeners that follow recruiting on a daily basis. Is it too early, do you think, to be concerned with how it's going on the recruiting trail for Michigan? Keep in mind these recruiting rankings take a couple of things into factor. One, the average kind of um, you know rating, star rating, uh, number rating of these recruits, and then the number of, of players in the class. So, for instance, Michigan's got seven commits at this point for the, the 2021 class. 
six of them are really only being rated because one of them is a kicker. So they, they so like I'm, I'm presuming you're taking your rankings off 24/7 composite. Uh, so they're they're taking the combined arrivals and then 24/7, um, and then they're kind of mashing them together. But no, I, I, the reason you know one of the reasons is obviously they don't they just don't have the the volume isn't there yet. So like Ohio State, I think they have 15 commits at this point. Uh, several of them are five stars. Uh, Wisconsin's got a huge number. Penn, Penn State does not, and they've they fallen as well in the Big Ten. Uh, Rutgers, Rutgers, I think, is ahead of them currently in the Big Ten rankings. Uh, again, they've got, I think, 10 or 11 kids committed. So right now, I think for Michigan, it's, it's more of a volume thing. I, I think if they were to get you know closer to those double digits, uh, they'd, probably be, they'd probably be in the top five of the Big Ten, and, and I, they would certainly probably be a top ten at this point nationally. So I, I wouldn't, if you're a Michigan fan, I wouldn't be too worried just yet. There's still a long, long um, way to go in this cycle. They got a couple of big guys are eyeing at this point. If Donovan Edwards, the, the four-star running back from West Bloomfield, ends up committing, uh, I certainly think it would it would rocket Michigan not only the top ten, but probably close to the top five. Uh, so no, nothing to worry about right now. It's more of a, I think, a numbers game than anything. Well, as we've discussed, there are so many unknowns when it comes to uh, Michigan and college football, just life in general, really. One thing we can probably say, though, Aaron, is uh, that this pandemic will not only change all of our lives, how we go about our daily lives, but it is going to change the landscape of uh, college sports for some time, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I think it's going to change the way we we approach life, the way we deal with one another individually, uh, the way we watch sports. You know, the longer this goes on, I think the more these sports leagues, not only college football, but, you know, you know, the NFL, the NBA kind of reassess how the game is played. I mean, cause keep in mind, so many of these games are contact sports. You're, you're, you know, you're constantly hitting someone, you're, uh, you know, you're swaying over people. It's there, there, there's that fear. There's, currently right now, there's that fear of, of getting sick. And that's, that has, a, that's going to have a lasting effect on the game. I think for not only the short term, but a long term too. I mean, you, you know, a year from now, if this or six months from now, this virus returns, we may have to go through this all all over again, so it's it's uh, you know it's 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 fear fearing just to think about it. it's it, you know it's a scary situation because so many of us you know depend our livelihood depends on you know this game and sports and it, it's crazy to think about and you never really thought about it until something like this happened because you know years ago you think well sports never goes away you know sports will always be here no matter what happens in this country and and so many of us have, have you know depended on sports in times of need and now. You know, when something bad happens, it's I think adversely affected sports more than anything else. So it's it's a weird time, uh, it's a weird situation to be in. You know, I, but I, I just hope we come out of this, you know, a better country, uh, you know, healthy. And I, I do think one day, whether it's whether it's this fall or next spring or even next fall, uh, I, I think we'll, we'll, sports will return, college football will happen. Uh, and we will get back to living a, you know, a normal life again. Absolutely. We all hope and pray for that. So final question for you, Aaron. You were just alluding to this, but I know all of us that cover sports are going to be glad when our new normal gets underway, whatever that is, because we'll have more to talk about. How tough has it been for you trying to come up with stories and content uh, on a daily basis, Aaron? Yeah, it's more difficult now. And I think you and I were talking before we went on the air, but typically right now, you know, Michigan would be you know, in the middle of spring practice. I'd be writing, I don't know, three, four or five things a day. Uh, you know, we'd be interviewing players two or three times a week. We would have spoken to Coach Harbaugh at this point. You know, there have been stuff to write about. There have been a lot of stuff to write about. We'd be, you know, kind of getting a better idea how this team is looking in the fall, and now we just don't have any of that. You know, I did, I did my, you know, in the off season, I did my kind of position by position breakdown of these guys. I've, 
you know, we have NFL draft coming on later this month. We kind of hit that ad nauseum, I feel like, at this point. Uh, so it, it's definitely impacted things. You know, I'm, I'm lucky if I can write one thing a day. I'm trying my best to come up with stuff that's still relevant to this year's team while not, you know, not being too serious while, you know, still giving fans something to, to, to read or, you know, um, you know, consume. Because like I said, you know, this, this virus has consumed all of us, you know, whether you see it, whether it's impacted you, into, you know, directly or you've been watching the news and that's all you see. Uh, I, I do think, you know, sports are still an outlet to, to you know, you know, forget about all that stuff. And, and it's an opportunity, um, you know, for us to kind of, you know, sit back and, and, and you know, take, you know, care about something else. So it, it's certainly impacted my life. Uh, you know, I, I'm not as busy as I, I would expect to be or have been in the past. Um, but, you know, I'm fortunate. I'm healthy. I'm still employed at this point. Uh, so I, I got nothing to complain about. Well, hopefully the next time we chat, it's going to be about the expectations of a football season. It starts on time, September. But until then, Aaron, be safe. Uh, keep up the great work uh, on M Live, and we look forward to that next visit with you. Thanks, Mike. Thanks again to Aaron McMahon from M Live for being our guest today. As you heard Aaron and I discussing, it is no simple matter to write a daily article or even produce a weekly podcast with all sports at a standstill. But we all keep chugging along doing the best we can. For my part, we are still on our regular schedule of one show a week for the rest of April. From May through July, we go on our summer schedule of two shows a month, and we also throw in a Michigan Man Extra somewhere in that month. So business as usual, really, uh, until football season starts. Knock on wood, it starts on time. So next week, I hope to have Steve Lorenz on to update recruiting. That's really what's going on right now. So if we don't have him next week, we will get him on sometime before the month is over. At any rate, we'll be back next week with a new show, so make sure you tell your friends and family to join us. A reminder that you can find our free show apps at the iTunes and Google Play stores. You can also hear us on Spotify, Spreaker, Radio.com, and iHeartRadio. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at The Michigan Man. Wherever you get the show from, please comment or rate the program. It really does help us. That does it for this week. Again, my prayers are that you stay safe and at home the next couple of weeks. Let's hope by this time next month we are able to venture out and maybe our lives will return to some form of normalcy, step by step, day by day, if even in a small way. Until we meet again, have a safe and great Wolverine week, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!